Good morning. I love that, that video, and it gets me every time I watch it. Yeah. You know, boy, it's just, we've had so much today, we could, we could just go home now, you know? But we're not. <laughs> Did you realize that Pastor Benny and I went to the same joke school? <laughs> the only thing is, I passed. <laughs> I couldn't pass that up, bro. But uh, thank you, Pastor Benny, for the honor of sharing the word. Um, we are so blessed to have such wonderful lead pastors here. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you, you guys are the best. And our other pastors, those that you see and some you don't see, Pastor Jay back there and Pastor Milton with the youth and uh, Pastor, uh, with the, with the, uh, Pastor Will with the youth. And uh, I don't think I missed, I miss anybody? Yeah. Me. Okay. All right. The last shall be first, right? <laughs> a, a, a little boy looked up into the sky and uh, said to his mom, Mom, is God up there? And she said, yes, he is. And he said, yeah, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice if he just stuck his head out so we could see him? Hmm. Well, you know, God did more than that. He came to this earth, Emmanuel. He came and became us, that we might know him. That's humility. That's the incarnation. Martin Luther said, every time we hear the word incarnation, we ought to prostrate ourselves before God, thinking about what he did. The one who was at the highest place came to the lowest for us. For everyone here, amen, for everyone here, no one excluded, praise the Lord. We've been looking at this verse uh, in Isaiah, I call it a mountaintop, majestic verse from the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Christ, about Christ, and uh, Pastor Bunny has, has done an excellent job on the wonderful counselor and then also the mighty God. Um, he's the wonderful counselor, he can fix anything in your life. And because he's the mighty God, he can fix everything in your life. Amen? Yeah, he can change a heart. He can heal a body. He can touch a mind. He can do all of those things. Amen? In a moment. In a moment. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm here to testify my life was changed in a moment. In a moment. In a moment. So expect that today. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You know, I can understand Jesus being a child, a son. I can understand him being the Wonderful Counselor, uh, his deity, the, mighty, the, the uh, mighty God, and the Prince of Peace. We all, you know, but then we come to the Father. And I, I started to think about, well, how is Jesus Everlasting Father? How is he uh, a father? And I got digging into some of the Hebrew words in the commentary. And basically, uh, in the Hebrew, it means this. It means father of eternity. Father of eternity. Uh, we use the word father figuratively. Uh, Dr. William Osler is considered as the father of modern medicine. 
uh, as William James is, the father of modern psychology. So Jesus, being father, being called everlasting father, is the originator of everything. Everything began with him. John picks it up right here in John chapter 1. In the beginning, sounds like Genesis, doesn't it? In the beginning was the Word. And who is the Word? The Word is Jesus. Because in John 1.14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I like how the message uh, translation says, And the Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I like that. Yeah, that's what Jesus did. He moved into our neighborhood. <clears throat> and the Word was God, the deity of Christ. He was in the beginning with God. All things, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And so we find here that he is the originator, the architect of everything that is. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I think another reason that Jesus is called the everlasting Father is what he said to one of his disciples, Philip, who said this to Jesus. He said to Jesus, Lord, just show us the Father. That's all we want. It, it'll be sufficient. Show us the Father. And here's what Jesus came back and said to Philip. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And yet you've not known me, Philip? <clears throat> he who has seen me has seen the Father. Whew. So how can you say, show us the Father? Jesus is a perfect, exact picture of God the Father. He came to die for us, save us from our sins, but he also came to reveal who God really is. If you hold up a mirror, you look at yourself and you see yourself. Hebrews 1 and verse 3, it says, Jesus perfectly mirrors the Father. You hold up a mirror to Jesus and you see God the Father. You hold up a mirror to the God the Father and you see Jesus. So he came to clarify who God the Father is. Because you know why? We can get some messed up ideas about who God is. The devil can tell you all kinds of warped things about who God the Father is. But Jesus came to make it, make it clear as to who he was. Everlasting. Let's, let's just look at that a little further. Everlasting Father. I got looking at this in prayer and all of a sudden it's like the Holy Spirit split the word for me. And I, I, it was like he put a kind of like a spotlight on lasting. And then I got thinking about the society in which we live. There is an increased fatherlessness in our world. Where fathers have not lasted, but they've left. They've checked out. They've walked away. And just momentarily, I'm going to speak to some that are here, maybe some that are watching today, and your father, your father didn't last. He left. And there's something about a father leaving a child that leaves a wound, kind of like a hole in the person's life. 
But I'm here to tell you, you've got a new father. The one who will never leave. The one who will last forever. He is the never leaving father. <laughs> yeah, here's what uh, the writer of Hebrews says about God, quoting the Old Testament. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, this is God speaking to you this morning, I will never leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> nor forsake you. You've got God the rest of your life. But the most important thing, he's got you the rest of your life. Yeah. Here's how the, uh, that verse reads in the Amplified Version. The Amplified kind of gives a full picture of the Greek word and the Hebrew word. Here it is. For he, listen, he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amplified, isn't it? Yeah. But that's what God is saying. Your father is everlasting, and he will not ever leave you. Whether you go through the fire, through the flood, through deep valleys... As it said in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, some of you are walking through that right now. Some of you have lost people in your life or you're grieving. I want to tell you, he's right there with you. He is the prince of peace, and he'll bring peace into your life. And you might be thinking, I don't know, I don't know. I know. He will do it. Yeah. Yeah. Everlasting Father. But, but what's, what's the Father like? Hmm. What's the Father really like? Let me just talk with my dad for a little bit. Um, we lived in upstate New York. My dad had a war buddy, uh, World War II. He was in the Navy with a, a friend of his named Mr. Butterworth. And uh, once in a while, we'd travel down to western Pennsylvania. But you know, when we left, I, I was about maybe 12, 11, something like that. Uh, I would never, never ask my dad these things. I would never ask my dad these things. Dad, do you have enough money? Uh, ha did you make a motel room for tonight? Did you bring enough food along? Do you have a map? Do you know where you're going? You know, I was never worried about that trip because I knew my father was dependable. I knew that he knew where he was going, and all I had to do was sit in the back seat and fight with my brother. That was it, right? <laughs> we told our kids, the reason we didn't go to Disneyland, because we could never make it there with you guys fighting. Well, my brother and I used to do that. Here's what Jesus said about the Father. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Or what, is, what man is there among you who, if his son asks for a bread, will he give him a stone? Hmm. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God only gives good things. So if you as a parent here love your children, know how to give gifts to your children, and maybe sometimes you go even, you know, we always say God gives us our needs, but not our wants. I want to tell you, God also sometimes gives us our wants. He's a good father. He's not a selfish father. As Paul said in Ephesians 3, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask. You ask for something, God gives you more. He's a more God. How much more? How much more will your heavenly father? Psalm 23 and verse 1 proves that out, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. Now, sometimes you, you wonder, you know, if that's going to happen, but it does. God provides. God meets your need. Uh, Paul echoes that in Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God's riches will never run out. <laughs> yeah, they're eternal. But not only does he provide, anybody can provide. You might get a check from the government. You're, you're, you're provided for, right? You might get a check from somebody you don't even know. You're, you're provided for. God is a provider, but there's something more about God than just his provision. I like what Peter wrote here in 1 Peter 5, 7. Hmm. Here's what we're to do with our care. Are you worried this morning? Are you anxious this morning? Sometimes I know in a group like this, there's people right now that are worrying about something. They're anxious about something. Somebody online, you're, you're anxious. This is what we're to do right now. Cast all your care on him. What are we to do? Cast our care on him. Give it over to him. I don't usually do this, but right now I just want to pray. Because I feel, here's what I feel. I feel there's a weight on somebody's heart. You're worried about someone or something. And it's weighing you down like a rock on your heart. Let's take it and do an exercise right now. Let's give it over. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. And you online, you go right ahead. Lord, just simply, Lord. Whatever your weight is, Jesus came to lift it. So right now, Father, right in the middle of this message, we give to you. We cast this care on you, this worry, this anxiety, this fear, this problem, this person. We cast it right on you now, Lord, and we give it to you. And your word says, if we cast our care on you, you will sustain us. Amen. Praise the Lord. He cares for you. David said this. I love it. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Slow to get angry. How many are glad for that? And filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. 
The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. You can cast all of your care on him because that's the father that cares for you and watches over you. He cares for you. <laughs> Finally, we have a, a father who provides. He's dependable. He'll provide for every trip around, this, around the sun that you make. He's got you covered. But not only that, he's caring. He's personable. He's a warm father, not a cold father. Finally, <clears throat> let me just use another illustration about my, from my life. Uh, you're not supposed to use a lot of illustrations about yourself, but I, I know myself better than anybody else, you know. Uh, again, my dad, okay. When I was uh, maybe 13, 14, my dad, we had some clotheslines out in the back, clothesline poles with clotheslines. Um, a lot of people don't know what that is today. That's where you dry your clothes, right? <laughs> when the sun's shining and the wind's blowing and you don't have a, you know, you don't have a dryer. Uh, and he wanted to take them out. I said, hey, Dad, I'll take care of that for you. I'll get the car out. I'll get a rope. I'll pop those babies right out for you. He said, don't touch the car. Don't even try taking them out. Well, next day when he went to work, sure enough, I backed the 1941 Ford out of the garage and I got me a rope. I was going to pull those out of there. Go make my dad happy. Yeah. And so I was backing up. Um, the house is here. And I was backing up. Uh, and the poles were behind me. But I, I was so short back then, I couldn't see out the back window. So I had my door open. And I was backing up, intently looking at the poles, make sure I was going to get in the right position. And all of a sudden, what I didn't see was the chimney alongside the house. Boom! I hit the chimney. My brother was sleeping upstairs. He thought an earthquake took place, you know. It all shook him up. And it, it, jammed, it jammed the door. It sprung the door. You can't hide that from your father. No way. Man, my heart started beating. Fear started entering my heart. I went into my mom. I said, Mom, I messed the car up. Mom, I, you know, Dad's going to kill me. He said, she said, you better call your dad right now at work. <clears throat> so I called him. And I, I was like crying, so I said, Dad, Dad, I, I told him what I did, I messed up and everything, and I thought, man, I was going to get it, I was going to get it. And he said, okay, I could tell he was upset, he said, take the car down to your uncle, and he'll be able to fix it for us. And I know without him saying it, he forgave me, because I repented. I was broken, and he forgave me for what I did. I want to let you know, you have an everlasting father who forgives and doesn't. You know, I don't even think my dad ever brought that up to me again. And I want to let you know, your dad in heaven will not bring up those things again. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? They're covered in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Never to be seen again. Here's what, oops, David, who uh, knew a lot about sin. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions 
from us. When you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you sins and to get rid of those sins, never to be seen again. You're free. Amen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. David said also in Psalm 103, he said this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all of my iniquities. Amen. You are a forgiven people because you have a wonderful heavenly father. Praise the Lord. So we have a providing father. But not only that, you have a caring father. And you have a Father who forgives you completely. Mm. And so, as we kind of close out this service, I want to give just a little invitation to maybe someone here. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And let me tell you what, until you've eaten the bread of life, you'll never be full inside. I love Christmas, especially right now, around this day, 55 years ago, I came out of the grave and Jesus changed my life. And I've never been the same since. And I wanna tell you something else. He's been faithful to us, ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, you'll make it. If I made it, you'll make it. I was a lost, Distraught, depressed, empty, 20-year-old. And something happened with one prayer that changed my life momentarily, immediately, and forever. So if you're here this morning, and maybe you've never opened your heart and let Jesus into your life, you've never eaten of the bread of life, I want to give you that invitation right now for you to accept Jesus as your Savior, know that your sins are forgiven. He loves you, and he wants to come into your life. One last scripture, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's not a physical door, it's the door of our heart. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. So all I'm asking, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, you've never turned the doorknob and let him in, if you'd like to do that this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. Let's pray right now. Before we close, if you're here and you want to make that decision, you want to open the door, maybe online, you're sitting home, you want to open the door, let me lead you in a little prayer. <clears throat> Doesn't take much. I tell you, the prayer I prayed was 20 seconds changed my life so if you want to just, just pray along with me dear God thank you for sending Jesus thank you for Bethlehem thank you for the life of Christ thank you for the cross thank you for the resurrection and now I just want to invite you Lord Jesus into my life into my heart I want to turn my life over to you right now. Here it is, Lord. I want to give it to you right now. And I want to thank you. And while we're in prayer, 
the Lord showed me just something, um, and, and I feel there's, I sense there's someone here that's confused in your mind. Maybe somebody online. You almost like have double vision, and you're, you're not seeing clearly, and you feel confused. Uh, I want to pray for you, because God wants to bring, he wants to unconfuse your confusion. He wants to give you perfect clarity. So, Father, I pray right now, may they receive it in the name of Jesus. Let that understanding come. Let the confusion go because you are not the author of confusion, Lord. So we just take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we usually have a prayer team, just remain in prayer. Uh, but this morning, I just feel like I want to close by praying for all of you this morning. Um, for those that may be sick today, I want you to take your hand and put it on the place where you have pain, where you, wherever that difficulty is. By his stripes, we're healed. Lord Jesus, right now, in your name, you said that we can speak to the mountain. It's got to go. So right now, every person that's sensing pain and sickness in their body, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke that in his name and command it to go. And let the healing come. Let the healing come. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come, I pray, on every person that's sick, on every person that is emotionally in turmoil, mentally in turmoil. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to come. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been a great morning. Amen. The choir, everything. Man, awesome. Awesome. Well, let's stand. We're going to go to lunch, right? How many are hungry? I'm ready. But as Pastor Benny, um, look, if you've raised your hand and, and prayed that prayer, ask Jesus into your life, Pastor Benny will be out in the Welcome Center. Uh, tell him what you did. But as he always says, the blessing in the Old Testament, here it is, receive it. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you his peace every day this week in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go. Praise the Lord.